0: We begin with the Pasuk in our Parsha. Perhaps there is someone among you, a man, a woman, or a family, or tribe, whose thoughts stray from Hashem our God. It's talking about someone who has an inclination to follow after his own thoughts, and he's veering away from the ideals of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'm going to go the way my mind sees, he says. It means he's a Maimon in HaKadosh Baruch He's a Shomer Torah But his attitudes of the mind are straying. And in case you would think that it's nothing at all, the Torah says, Pen yesh bachem rosh v'la'ana. Those wrong attitudes of the mind are a root produce, producing gall and bitter fruit it means he's bikirbo. He's planted bitter seeds in his mind and now there are poisonous plants growing there. Now what does Hashem tell us as an example of this man who is straying away from him and planting poisonous ideas in his head? Maybe it's someone who's dabbling in Avoy or someone who is No, it's a man who says I'll follow what my mind believes in order to join those whose thirst is quenched with those who are still thirsty. Now these are mysterious words. He's joining the thirsty with the satiated. We'll try to understand what they mean. But whatever they do mean, whatever that man is thinking, it must be terrible because the Torah says, Lo yoveh Hashem s'loach Hashem will be unwilling to forgive him. The wrath of Hashem will fume and his vengeance will inflame that man. And there will come upon him all the curses written in the Torah of Hashem, and Hashem will wipe away his name from beneath the sky. All the curses written in the Torah, wrath and vengeance, that means we'd better get busy understanding this terrible sin of equating the thirsty with the, with the satiated. So we'll begin it by learning the parish of these words as found in Msechta Sanhedrin. Everyone knows about Hashavah Saveda, the mitzvah to return a lost item to a fellow Jew. The Torah says, Vashhevotelo, you have to bring it back to him. It's a mitzvah to And it also says there, you should not avert your eyes from the Aveda. It's an Aveira to walk by and ignore it the Torah is very interested that you should protect your fellow man's property. And so when you walk by a fruit store on the street and you see that an apple fell from the bin onto the sidewalk, so if it's it's a Jewish fruit store, then it's a mitzvah der to pick up the apple and put it back before it gets ruined. Now, it's just an apple. It's not a matter of $10. It costs 30 cents, 40 cents, that's all. But it makes no difference. Even one pruta, a penny, you have to return it. You hear that? You never thought about that before. Now you know why you should come here more often. You'll learn something. If you pick up an apple outside of a Jewish fruit store. And you put it back in the bin. You should know that you're doing a mitzvah de Just like blowing the shofar. So now we can look at the Gemara in Sanhedrin. And see how Hazal describes the sin of this man who is planting poisonous seeds in his mind the one who is adding the satiated onto the thirsty. And the Gemara says like this, what did he do? He was walking, let's say, past the Korean fruit store and he saw fruit lying on the sidewalk. An apple fell off the bin. And in another minute, someone will pass by and kick the apple into the gutter. So this man bends over, picks up the apple and puts it back in the bin. That's all he did. He has in his mind, Hashavah Saveda to return a lost article. And what does the Torah say about this good fellow? This well-mannered citizen? Maybe he should get a special commendation from the mayor. Could be. But listen to what the Torah says about him. Hashem will not want to forgive him for what he did. Not only that he won't forgive him, he won't desire to forgive him. Hashem won't even desire to forgive him. What did this man do wrong already? He picked up the apple and put it back on the bin. That's all he did. And the answer to that puzzle is revealed to us in those words in the pasuk, Laman sifot, Harava et. It's because he added those who are already satiated unto those who are still thirsty. It means like this: Jews are thirsty for mitzvahs. They are a people whose desire for Avodah the is never quenched. It's not the whole story of the Am Yisrael, but it's one of the important differences between us and the nations of the world. Am yotzro. they're thirsty for mitzvahs. While the Gentiles are satiated, they're not interested. And just because of that, just because we're thirsty for mitzvahs, we deserve tremendous honor. The Am Yisrael is busy all day long with mitzvahs is a mitzvah of the Torah. All day he's watching his mouth. At least he's trying to keep his mouth closed. To love your fellow Jew is a mitzvah. And is also not a small mitzvah. And when he walks in the street, he's thinking, The men don't look at women, and women don't look at men. All day long he's serving Hashem. Even today, Pashtun Jews are keeping the Torah everywhere. Everyone is preparing for Shabbos. Women and young girls are laboring in the kitchen for hours. Lekuvah Shabbos, a very great mitzvah. The Jewish stores are crowded, long lines filled, filled with people, paying big sums of money. And for what? For the mitzvah of Shabbos. All week long, the Am Yisrael are busy with mitzvahs. A firm Jew gets up early in the morning to go to shul. And then a few hours later, he's back in shul again. Elderly men, Bokharim, and little children are going to shul, back and forth, back and forth. Shachris minchemarif. He davins and he learns, a little bit too. He puts a nickel in the pushka whenever he gets a chance. Our Goyim busy with mitzvahs all day long? A nechtagatog. He sees the Jew walking back and forth to shul a few times a day. He doesn't understand what's happening. He goes to church once a month, and the priest says, And your sins are forgiven and finished. Don't think that the Catholics or the, or the Protestants, even the religious ones, are the same as you. Only that the religion is different. Don't make any mistake about that. There is a very wide chasm between you and them. Goyim don't desire mitzvahs. Maybe they accept a few commandments of the Torah. Maybe they follow some of the Bible. But they don't do it with any sort of cheshek, any desire. <clears throat> even if they do some things, they're zah. They're overfed. They're not thirsty for mitzvahs. I'll tell you what they're thirsty for. You walk in the streets early in the morning in a Catholic neighborhood, a respectable upper-class Catholic neighborhood, and lying stretched out on the ground is a good Catholic. He's drunk, and he's been sleeping on the streets all night. I walked in the Catholic neighborhoods 40 years ago, and I saw that many times. Drunk all night, fast asleep in the gutter. And then he gets up in the morning, staggers home, and tells everybody, "Ooh, wow, what a time I had last night. He's proud of himself. And did they expel him from their homes or from their churches? No, never. It wasn't even considered a a chisadon. Maybe people admired him. They were jealous of him. It It was an exploit. He would tell his friends about it. Did I ever tell you about the time that I slept drunk in the gutter the whole night? A goy is satiated with drink. He wants mitzvahs like he wants a hole in his shoe. Did you ever see a Jew lying drunk in the street at night? Maybe today you could, but forty years ago you couldn't. Does a Jew go to the pub and drink after his day at the office? He's bitter. He's be- He's busy with better things. He's learning with his children. He's wiped out from a long day, but he sits down to over the gemara with his boys. The mother is sitting with with the girls. With the chumash, with the olive all day long, you hear brachas in that house. There's a tehillim on the table. The girls are davening Shemona Esri in the corner. It's a house of mitzvahs. And what's a Jew doing in the office anyhow? He's there for he's there for mitzvahs. It costs big money to raise a Jewish family today. People are spending tremendous sums to bring up their children. Bedere We're trying very hard to get vouchers. At least the IRS should recognize what we're paying for tuition and give us a rebate on our income tax. But the IRS doesn't care how much we spend. You can't deduct that. And the reformed Jews are fighting against us. They don't want us to get deductions because once we have an opportunity to get rebates on our school expenses, then maybe more and more Jews will send their children to yeshivas. And the reform are afraid of that. But no matter what, rebate or no rebate, the Am Yisrael is paying the money anyhow. We're spending tremendous sums on Shar Limud. Only a thirsty nation would do such a thing. Here's a Jew who's going around from house to house in his spare time. He works all, all day in a factory, but he has 10 children and he has to pay Shar Limud. The Satmar Yeshiva tells him he must go and collect money to pay tuition. So after work, he goes around asking for donations. He comes to your home and you give him something. Let's say you offer him a glass of milk, but he won't take it. He doesn't trust your milk. He's thirsty. He's weary. He's eaten nothing all day, but he refuses to drink milk. That's not Chal of Yisrael. That's a hero. That's a martyr. You should feel honored to have him in your home for a few minutes. And not only him, even the little children of the Am Yisroel are holy of holies. Our little children are tzimeyim le They're thirsting for mitzvahs. A little boy in Flatbush is more holy lahavdil than all the Gentiles put together. I always tell you the same story, but it's a good story to tell. There's a little boy who ate a flesh of a meal and now he, want, he wants some ice cream. There's ice cream in the freezer. Nobody's home. He's all by himself. He looks, at, he looks at the clock. A little boy, he's waiting for the clock to turn the six hours and then he'll eat the ice cream. He keeps looking at the clock. He wants his ice cream already, but no matter what, He'll wait the six hours. If you have a big scale and you put on one side of the na- uh, uh, and you put on one side all the nations, all the Englishmen, all the Americans, all the French, every other people on the face of the earth, all on one side of the scale, and on the other side of the scale is one little firm boy or one little girl. They are machria es They outweigh all of the nations of the world. Go out in the streets in the morning. You see boys and girls everywhere waiting for the buses. They're going to the Beis Yaakovs, the yeshivas. And the little boys are in Cheder all day long, sitting and learning. Eloi Mitzvus, Eloi mitzvot. All kinds of dinim. When you have to return a lost article, when you don't have to return it, how to return it, little boys, not even bar mitzvah, are learning the details of the mitzvahs. They're learning to love what it means to be part of the nation that is thirsty for mitzvahs. Does the, Ita- does the Italian send his children to places where they learn mitzvah of Hashavah seveda? No. He's sending his children to public school or to the Gentile private schools where they study Kol Dvar Asur what they study and practice in those schools. I don't want to even say the words in a shul. That's the thirst of a goy. There's no comparison between the Gentile and the Jew. No comparison at all. And so this man, when he picks up the Korean apple from the sidewalk and puts it back into the bin, he's equating the overfed goyim with the Am Yisroel, the nation that is thirsty to serve its creator. He equated the honor of the Gentile to that of a Yisroel. When a person does that out of the generosity of his heart when he thinks since it's a good thing to return a lost apple that belongs to a Jewish fruit man I won't be selfish just for us alone I'll I'll be generous hearted and I'll return it to the goy too so that man has to know that Hashem won't forgive him Hashem won't even desire to forgive him for that poisonous thought in his head of equating the honor that belongs to the Jewish nation with that of the Gentiles Now if you tell me that you pick it up because you want to show that Jews are good people, shalom. all right, maybe. Everyone knows that if the cashier in the 99 cent store accidentally gives you more than you deserve to get, so sometimes it pays to say you made a mistake, you gave me too much money. Could be. If you have a beard and a black hat, it could be, it's a mitzvah to say that. So if there are goyim standing around, if a policeman is standing there, all right, pick it up. Pick up the apple and put it back in the bin. Be a nice fellow, so that the Goyim will say, You see that? The Jews aren't so bad after all. It's a mitzvah to raise the honor of the Jewish people in the eyes of the Goyim. But otherwise, pass by. Because what we're learning here is that it's even a bigger mitzvah to raise the honor of the Jewish people in your own eyes. And what that means is that when you pass by the fruit on the floor, you keep going and you remind yourself why you're doing that? You don't want to be a man who harbors poison in his mind. Someone who is s'fot harava et hatsmeya, Equating the honor of the oversatiated with the honor that belongs only to the thirsty nation. For Yisroel achicha, yes, you bend over and you pick it up. Avedat achicha. The lost object of your brother is in mitzvahs. Your mechuyuv to return a nation that does mitzvahs. So we do mitzvahs for them. It's an honor they deserve. But the Gentiles, they don't want to do any mitzvahs. So we don't honor them with our mitzvahs. Now this I admit, let's say you found a watch in the street and now you want to put it in your pocket. It could be you have to give it to the police. I don't know. It could be there's a law like that. Some places have a law that if you have to bring, that you have to bring it to the police station. So if it's a law of the government, that's something else. But you're not doing it because it's, it's because of a mitzvah, though. You're only doing it because of the law. But no government has a law that you have to bend over to pick up the apple. There's no such thing that when you pass by a fruit stand, you must pick up the apple and put it back. No. And so, if you lean over and pick up that Korean apple, it's a terrible sin. And you're also doing a tremendous dangerous thing for yourself. If you pick it up, with the same emotion that you pick up an apple for the Jewish food store. So the Torah says, Hashem will not want to forgive you. If you do it because you want to be to do a good deed. Let's say you're not thinking. And you have in mind the idea of Ashava HaSavah. So you're committing a crime. A very great crime against the greatness of Am Yisrael. A crime? Yes, it's a crime. The crime is that you don't understand. You don't appreciate the greatness of the Am Yisroel. And it's a terrible corruption of character. A nation that loves mitzvahs should be honored in such an exceptional way. That Chaz V'sholom, if you do anything for Ananju to put him on par with the Yisroel. You're committing such a terrible crime that Hashem won't even have an interest in forgiving you. You're making a fundamental error. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You think you did a good deed, but it's an Aveira, a serious sin. Because one of the worst Mistakes in life is to think that the honor and respect deserved by the most simple Jew is anywhere near what should be done for a non-Jew. Now some people when they hear this they want to walk out. I know that for some of you it hurts to hear such things. So we say goodbye to you. You can leave if you want but I won't pull any punches. I know that many of you have American heads but I can't help that. Here we talk the Torah truth, like it or not. In this place, we're not willing to yield anything to the ideals of democracy. We're not willing to distort the Torah out of fealty to the Constitution. All men are created equal. That's for Gentiles to say. But the amuna that HaKadosh Baruch Hu requires of us is that we should know that we are the B'nai B'chore Yisroel. You are my firstborn Yisroel, you are my firstborn son, says Hashem. You are my only son. And that's so important that it's something we're expected to internalize every time we pass by the Korean fruit store. I make it a point to pass by. I wouldn't pick it up. I make it a point to keep on walking. And I remind myself, only for Israel, for there's a mitzvah. I hope you'll try that out next time. Because to do otherwise means that you're planting poisonous seeds in your mind. We're learning now that this is one of the great functions of our lives. Among our many duties to Hashem is to understand and appreciate the greatness of the people that, loves, that love mitzvahs. You're learning now how a pashtah Jew should be treated. It's a matter of respect, of esteem for those who deserve to be honored. And the mitzvah of Saveda is just one example of how we do that. When you see his apple on the sidewalk, that's an opportunity to demonstrate how greatly you value the importance of a Yisroel. you moichel on your time, on your cupboard, on the tircha for him. You bend over and pick up the apple and put it in his bin. And you think, I'm doing a mitzvah deorahis of returning lost objects to a brother. A brother, Be mitzvot. Now once we begin to appreciate how significant it is that the Am Yisrael is the nation that is thirsty for mitzvahs. So we'll be able to understand now a Gemara and Masech to Rosh Hashanah that needs explanation. You know, Tekias shofar is really not complicated. To fulfill the mitzvah Min Atoyot, doesn't require so many Tekias. How much do you have to blow already? Nine takias, 30 Tekias maybe. And that's it. You're finished. But what do we do on Rosh Hashanah? We have Tekias before Musaf. Tekiyahs during Musaf, And then again another set of takiyas after Musaf. We blow again and again and again. We're hungry. We want to go home and eat already. But we stand in shul listening to the Baal Toikeya. Blowing the shofar much more than is required by the Torah. What's it all about? That's the Gemara's question. Why do they make Tekiyahs so many times? It seems so superfluous. We're not doing a new mitzvah. It doesn't make sense. We already fulfilled the mitzvah before, Musaf. You can't do a mitzvah twice. What's this thing all about? Now listen to what the Gemara answers. We do it in order to confuse the Satan. He's standing ready to prosecute us. And he has many claims against us. We're human beings and human beings do very many things. And we're being judged now for those things. And the prosecutor comes to the courtroom with a lot of paperwork. A lot of evidence. There's a lot he has written down about our past year. And that's not good. So what saves us? How do we come away from the Yom Haddin safely? So the Gemara says that we confuse the Satan by blowing more than we have to. Now the Satan is not a foolish man. He's a Malach, a very wise Malach. And he's not easily confused. You're not going to confuse him by repeating some tachiyas. The exact number of tachiyas won't confuse him. You can be sure about that. The answer is like this: It's not the mitzvah that saves us; it's the chiba of the mitzvah. It's the love of the mitzvah that confuses the satan, because they love mitzvahs. They love one thing that they love mitzvahs very much. That's the one thing that knocks him out entirely when he sees that we're standing up now to blow shofar again. What's going on? They blew already. Then all of, all of his claims become muted. They're made quiet. When he sees that the Am Yisrael just can't get enough of mitzvahs, they did the mitzvah already, but they're thirsty for more. That knocks him over. He still has claims against us, but he does it with a different nigan. He says it with respect now. The satan has a newfound respect for us. And therefore, even though the satan will not yield his duty, he has to carry out his mission to be melamed but when he sees that we're That we're blowing shofar again That causes him to be quiet He gets confused He knows exactly what he wanted to say But all of a sudden his arguments fall apart The foundation of his whole argument against us Becomes confused There's a tale, a story in the Gemara Shabbos About Rabbi Shimon Shimon Bar Yochai Rabbi Shimon was once sentenced to death By the Romans Because he had criticized the Roman government Now when the Romans pronounced the death sentence On a person It wasn't like in New York It was serious business So when Rabbi Shimon heard about this He did the smartest thing He ran away with his son And hid in a cave And for 12 years They sat in the cave Hiding from the Romans Now you have to know it was during those 12 years that Rabbi Shimon and his son became exceedingly great. What went on in that cave was tremendous. They didn't want to wear out their clothing. So they dug a hole in the ground and they sat in the sand up to their necks all day long. And they learned Torah. When they had to daven, so they climbed out of the hole and put on their clothing and davened. Then they took off their clothing and went back into the hole again. That's how they spent 12 years. It wasn't an easy life. Their bodies were full of sores from the sand. But they became very great. Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai and his son Rabbi Elazar became very great men as a result. These 12 years elevated them immensely. Finally, at the end of 12 years, a message was sent to them. The danger is over. You can go out now. So they went back out to civilization. And what did they see? They saw people. Pasha to Jews, they saw people who were farmers, people raising cattle, and they said, what's this, milking cows, you're wasting your life with milking cows, planting fields, they didn't understand that people should give their time for anything but perfection, Hashem. <speaking in Hebrew> you don't share the heart with anything else except for serving Hashem, that was their idea, they had just lived it for 12 years. So wherever they looked, they were dissatisfied with what they saw. And because of their kedusha, wherever they looked with their holy eyes, it was destroyed. They took a look, they disapproved of what they saw, and meyad nisrof, it was destroyed. They destroyed this field, they destroyed that field. They couldn't tolerate what they were seeing. So Hashem said, you think I let you come out of your cave to destroy my world? Is that how you look at my people? Go back into the cave again. Go back and stay there. And so Rabbi Shimon and his son returned to living in the cave. After one more year in the cave, they finally came out again. It was Erev Shabbos, and they saw an old man running. Now, old men don't, old men don't run. For an old man, it's hard sometimes just to tie his shoes. But here was an old man who was running. And in his hands, he was carrying two branches of Adasim. So they say to him, what are you running for? He said, "I'm going home to bring flowers for Shabbos." over Shabbos. So Rabbi Shimon said, "So why do you need two? He said, "Echad kneged zachor, zachor ve'echad kneged shamor." Lekuvat Shabbos. One sprig for the word zachor and one for the word shamor. When Rabbi Shimon saw that, er is aros kelim, he became so excited. Ooh, said Rabbi Shimon. I can change my mind now about, this, about the Pasha of the Jews. Chazi kama chavivin mitzvus al Look how cherished the mitzvahs are to the Jewish people. The Pasha of the Jews are Kodesh Kodoshim, said the Rabbi Shimon. They're thirsty for mitzvahs, an old man running L'Kuvot Shabbos. And so the mind of Rabbi Shimon was appeased. Now he was satisfied with the Am Yisrael. Not only satisfied, he appreciated them. He respected them. And now he didn't cause any more trouble where he looked. He didn't make anything charov anymore. Because wherever he looked, what he saw was a nation that thirsted for mitzvahs. They're milking cows, they're planting crops, they're in their homes, whatever they're doing, they're living lives of mitzvahs. What we see from this story is that a Roshim Bar Yochai, despite all of the shlemest that he achieved in the cave during those 12 years, nevertheless, he needed one more Madrega of perfection and that was to recognize the godless of the frum Jew, even the paschot of frum Jew. Le-Bishimin was already very great from his years in the cave, but it wasn't enough. He had to achieve one more thing, one more attitude of the mind, the apex, the crown of his shlemus was to be impressed with the stature of the most simple Jew to respect and admire the nation that is thirsty for mitzvahs. So we begin to see that even though you're a Shalim, even though you're Moise and Nefesh like Rabbi Shimon and his son, you're succeeding in learning Torah. You're even learning the deepest secrets of the Torah. Nevertheless, there's one more secret that you still have to learn. You must add to the list of your achievements the very great perfection of recognizing the godless the godless Yisroel. The gedulas, Am Yisrael, the nation that loves mitzvahs. No matter how great you are in Avoyed HaShem, and how great you are in Torah knowledge, you must add this attitude of of mind to your store of knowledge. And that's why there are a few words that we repeat over and over again on the Yomim Noraim. In all of the tefilas, we say the following words. Ten kavod, Hashem la'amecha Hashem, give honor to your people. Let there be praise for those who fear you. It means that we're praying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that the time should come when the nations of the world should honor the Jewish people. You know that right now they're busy doing the opposite. From the beginning of our history, nobody is as vilified and insulted and blackened as the Jew, and therefore we ask Hashem again and again. We pray that the Gentiles should give, give honor to Jews. Tihilal le'yecha. May the time come when they should give praise to those who fear you. That's our fervent wish. Now, the first thing Akalish Baruch Hu says when he hears that is, What about you? You're so interested in the honor of your nation. Are you honoring your fellow Jews? When you see a Jew, do you feel a surge of emotion, an outpouring of admiration toward him? Did you ever say to yourself, when you see a stranger in the street, that man walking towards me on the street is an aristocrat. Even if the king of England would be walking past me, that would be nothing compared to this Jew, the one who is tzamei lamitzvus. You're not thinking that anyway. You're not thinking that way. If you're not thinking that way, then you're not thinking. And it's a requirement. Otherwise, you're not speaking to Hashem in truth. Hashem should honor the Am Yisrael. You're just saying words. It's in the machzor, so you have no choice. You can't skip it after all. But do you really care about their honor? Are you doing something about it? I'm talking halachal now. Practical things. Not just devorim ba'alma. Suppose you're sitting on a bus. It's a bus that runs through the Italian neighborhood and it's packed with anti-Semites. They don't say anything. They're not telling you what they really think about, about kikes, but they're anti-Semites. You can trust me about this. And suddenly, there comes up on the bus a Jew with a beard, a big conspicuous beard. It's already gray or white. And of course, nobody gives him a seat. He's standing there, one Jew with a white beard, standing all alone on a bus full of goyim. Everybody has seats. He happens to be the only one without a seat and he's swaying with every lurch of the bus and nobody even bothers to offer him their seat. What do they care for an elderly Jew? Let him stand, let him collapse. They don't care. Here's where you come in. You remember now what you said on Rosh Hashanah. Hashem, give honor to your people. And so you get up and offer him your seat. But you don't, you don't just mumble something to him. You don't make some motion. Instead, you make a big scene, a public demonstration of ten kavod la mecha. First, you shake hands with him with respect, with covet. That's number one. You get up, you shake his hand, and show that he's an honored man. Now, it could be he sells herring in the grocery store. He's not a great rabbi. rabbi. Maybe he's not even a little rabbi but it makes no difference. He's a Jew. He's from the Yirei those who fear Hashem. He's from the Tzeneim, the mitzvahs, the nation that thirsts for mitzvahs. And that's why you go out of your way to honor him. That's enough of a reason. You don't care if he's a herring salesman or a Rosh Yeshiva. He's a thirsty Jew, and he deserves all the honor in the world. And that's why you have to get up and make a public demonstration. He sits down in your seat and you stand over him and talk kindly and respectfully to him. It's a public demonstration. You don't care about everybody else in the car. Let them grit their teeth in anger. Let them get cancer from watching that. You're just doing our job. That's our job. To demonstrate that we have the highest respect for from Jews. Tehillah We have to show praise to those who fear Hashem. We're not talking now... Only about having an on an old man who gets on a crowded bus. It's much more than that. It means we have such a respect for the nation that is hungry for for mitzvahs that we want to honor them. We want to give him a seat because because we want to honor the nation that is thirsty for mitzvahs. We want to lean over into the gutter to pick up his lost apple because we want to honor the holy nation. We want to open. We want to hold open the door for a fellow Jew because we want to honor every member of the nation that fears Hashem. We want to add praise to the Yirecha, to the, to the, to the, to the, those who fear Him. And therefore, it's not only a lonely Jew on the bus who you should honor. That's when it's more important, of course. But we're speaking now about all the from men and women, all the from boys and girls. We should be giving them great honor. We have to praise them with all good words. Because no matter what you'll say, it won't be an exaggeration. You'll say that they're children of the kale of the Chai. It's absolutely true. You'll say, That's also true. And so when you see a Frum Jew on the street, you're looking at someone who Hashem is thinking about. You're looking at someone who will one day be with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the next world. And it's not a guzma, an exaggeration, or a form of speech. The nation that is doing mitzvahs, not only doing, but they're thirsty for mitzvahs, that makes them holy. That's what what we say all day long. Baruch atah Hashem, asher kiddishanu mitzvotav. Thank you, Hashem, for making us kadosh by means of the mitzvahs. A mitzvah changes you. We become more holy when we do mitzvahs. Every mitzvah will make you more and more kadosh. Even if you sit all Shabbos long and do nothing, you become more of a kadush at the end of Shabbos. Kiddishanu You say on Shabbos. Shabbos makes you kadush. You're clothed in a beged of kedusha, And next Shabbos, another beged. The older you are, the more kedushish Shabbos you have. Not only a mitzvah the Chachamim came along and added more mitzvahs. And that means we're busy with Kedusha all day long. You wash your hands for bread and you make a bracha. What a privilege that is. Oy, what a good fortune it is, Hashem, that you gave me another mitzvah that makes me more kadosh. The Am Yisrael is an Am Kadosh, a holy nation. No question about it. And therefore, it's not only the non-Jews on the buses that should, it's not only the non-Jews on the buses should learn to respect us. Most important is that we have to learn to respect from Jews. We have to always understand that our Kaleish Baruch Hu says, don't make any comparison. Don't add the satisfied, the overfed goy onto the holy Jews. The, the tzmeya, the nation thirsty for mitzvahs, is an entirely different category by itself. Now that's something that needs a great deal of practice. To train yourself to think every Jew is kaddish. He's miles above anyone else in the world. Your wife is kaddish. Your children are Kaddoshim. Your neighbor is a kaddish. The people in the street, your customers, your employers, everybody in the basic Nessus, all the Shoyim de Mitzvahs are kaddish, And there's such a Kaddusha. That the Shekhinah is on them. V'sha'chanti betoch B'nei Yisrael. You have to believe B'emun Shalema that the Shekhinah is found in no other place in the universe. It's found in Yiddushalayim. It's found in B'nei Rock and in Flatbush and in Lakewood. It's found in Golders Green in England. And as you walk through those streets, you walk with the greatest Deir because in those places the Shekhinah resides. When you walk through these places, you should know that you're walking in the streets, of the most noble people, the aristocrats of the world. Not just the neighborhood, every family, every individual is worthy of the greatest honor. Let's say you pass by a home, a Jewish home, and one house over, there's another Jewish home, but in between there's a Gentile home with an Italian flag outside. It's a neat home with neat garden. Very nice, very nice. But you should understand there's a hefsek in between the two Jewish homes. Here's Kadusha, then there's nothing, then there's Kedusha again. A Jewish home is without measure superior to the non-Jewish home. You have to have the greatest from Jewish home. Because who's living in those homes? It's not the overfed Italians living there. It's thirsty Jews, Jewish children, Jewish grandmothers, Jewish mothers and fathers. It's a nation that is beloved by Hashem because they love mitzvahs. Of course, in ancient times it was much more intense. But even today, the Frum Jews are Kodesh Kodesh When the lady of the house tells you, don't take this, it's fleshig. Take a different spoon, a parv spoon. She's like a Kohen Gadol in the base Amikdash, giving directions. She's guarding the Kedusha of the house. It's a very important function. A Jewish mother that supervises the kashus of the house is a tremendous thing. And if you don't appreciate that, then it's a danger because Hashem won't want to forgive you if you equate the Jewish homes with those of the Gentiles. It's something you have to practice. You won't believe it unless you think about it often. It takes training. When you see a Jew, any Jew, practice. You see a Yisrael coming toward you, you should think, here comes atzameh lamitzvus. And that means that the Shekhinah is coming toward me. It's mamish the truth. It's a yesod ha-toidah to gain a feeling that when you see a Jew, there goes the shechina. The shechina goes with him. You have to work on that until it gets into your bones. Some people live their entire lives and never gain this attitude. It's a tremendous loss because it's one of the yesidas of being a Jew. It's one of our functions in this world. It's a principle of the toidah to realize the greatness of the nation that appreciates ha Hashem. Absolutely not only on the nation as a whole, but, but on each Jew. It makes no difference if it's an old man or a little girl or a little boy. All of them are endowed with this great blessing that the Shekhinah rests on them. That the Shekhinah rests on them. Here's a customer coming into your store, or let's say your wife's cousin is coming over to visit. Now I'm not saying you have to waste your time with him. Sometimes you might waste time and it's It's a waste of life. But here's an opportunity for you to become great by learning to respect the Kedusha that hovers over his head. While he's talking, maybe he's not saying anything important. So you're nodding your head and you're thinking, this man is so holy. I admire him and respect him. There's nothing in the world as dignified, as honorable as my wife's cousin. That's what you have to do from time to time choose one person, any person, any shoyim and mitzvahs, it doesn't have to be a gadol or a special chosid and say, that man is Kaddish, and I respect him because he's a frum Jew who is thirsty for mitzvahs. And that thirst is so immense, it's so tremendous that no matter what I do to honor him, it won't be enough. It's not easy to love every Yisrael, but to train yourself little by little to have respect for him because he's Kodesh. That's something you can do. He's a tsame lamitsvis, and you have to deal with him like he's Kaddish Kadosh It is completely impossible to think of of being him, Even though you are angry at him, you can't scorn, you can't speak impolitely to a Yustrael. I know it's a very, very big demand. How can I live that way, you'll say? But it's of HaVemunah to understand how valuable, how precious every single Jew is. And so be very careful not to do anything against the frum Jew. You shouldn't do anything against anybody. But frum Jews who are doing mitzvahs are something different altogether. And it's something that you have to feel in your bones. And one day you'll begin to feel it a little bit. And then you'll know that you've accomplished something by coming into this world. You accomplished something great. You are living now with the one with one of the great truths of the Torah. You understand what it means to be, what it means the kedusha of a Yisrael. And there is no better time than now, as we begin the new year, to make a commitment to yourself. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, this year is going to be a year of raising the banner of the greatness of your people. This year, I'm going to respect and honor the Am Yisroel. all of them. I'm going to take the tremendous lesson of parashas him and the tefilas of the yomim Noraim and make it a principle all year round to give honor to your people. And then you get busy doing it. Honor every Jew. At least in your mind you should look at a fellow Jew with great respect. It's not only picking up lost apples from the sidewalk. It's an attitude of the mind. It's a tremendous perfection of the mind to think this way. A mother of a firm family deserves honor. The bigger the family the bigger the honor. How greatly you respect the mother who raises the family of little tzaddikim. Boys and girls who will someday be big tzaddikim. What a tremendous achievement. We honor such a mother. We honor Jews who sit by the Gemara. We honor the young boys and girls who give away their days in the yeshivas and Beis Yaakov's. We honor the Pashat Jew on the street because he's not Pashat at all. We make sure to honor all people who are proud to show they're from Jews. They look like Jews and talk like Jews and are thirsty for mitzvahs like Jews. We honor the thirsty nation to no end. And by means of always honoring the Shomit Torah Mitzvahs, we'll continue to fulfill our function in this world of not joining the, sat- the satiated to the thirsty, of not equating the Jews with the nations of the world. And we'll continue fulfilling this function of ours until the time comes when our colors Baruch Hu will come and demonstrate to the whole world that we, the ones who are loyal to him are the ones who truly deserve the great reward of eternal honor. And then we'll witness with our own eyes the fulfillment of a ten covered lamecha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu. give honor to your nation and the people that truly thirsted for Hashem and his mitzvahs will forever bask in their well-deserved glory. Have a wonderful Shabbos.